0: Hi, we're here with uh, Quarantin Krauss-Meneur. I'm sorry for I mispronounced that. He's uh, at University of Michigan, Ann Arbor. It uh, looks like collaborating with Peter Arvan. And um, very interesting paper, Novel Imaging Platform Highlights the Disconnect Between B-Cell Mass and Glucose Control in the Onset of Type 1 Diabetes. Actually, he's a poster, not a paper. And um, so he's got this novel protocol and I'm gonna have him walk us through it.
1: So we are working with a mouse that has been developed by Peter Arvin that has a fluorescent reporter on a C-peptide, which implies that we can image through uh, the pancreas, through all the SNS cells, and have a signal that's proportional to the insulin content. So you can sterilize the pancreas as the animal is alive and breathing, obviously anesthetized. And you can administer a glucose tolerance test, for instance, and visualize the effect that it has on the insulin content on the individual islet throughout the pancreas. Now, this mouse has been crossed with the NOD model for type 1 diabetes. And we have been analyzing a an, uh, fairly large cohort of animals to try and figure out what happens first. Is it the loss of beta cell or some degree of loss of function in the islets that remain?
0: The million-dollar question, well, and or one of them.
1: <laughs> and we've been analyzing the uh, mice one after the other, and we realized that we can cluster them in four groups. Animals that lose a lot of islets and therefore have very poor glucose control, which is expected. Animal that still have plenty of eyelets and good glucose control, which is also expected, but also some mice that lose a lot of eyelets but still retain pretty good, good glucose control. But the most fascinating group for me is the group of mice that retain a very high beta cell mass but lose uh, response to a glucose challenge. Mm-hmm. So they have eyelets, the eyelets are not responding. And our imaging allowed us to assess both the essentially the beta cell mass and the function of each individual islet. And we saw that these mice have virtually no response to a glucose challenge, so very few islets Mm. respond. Now the next step obviously is to take a look at these mice and figure out why that is. Uh, We have some hints, there is some paper in literature and experiments in culture that give us some ideas. But we can see that in these animals, most the islets are surrounded by uh, immune cells implicating that they're under uh, intense immune stress but the islets are not gone yet, so there might be something in the immune attack that's blunting the insulin response.
0: And this looks like a really interesting way to uh, image it and visualize it.
1: Absolutely, because we can visualize the insulin content within hundreds of individual islets in vivo, as opposed to in vitro. I mean, in vitro, you can isolate the islets, you can look at them, they're out of their context. Right. No vascularization, no innovation, typically no immune cells that are going to be around them, so the analysis is, is quite different from what we see in people.
0: Yeah, it seems like this would be a very um, a powerful tool, and um, I guess I'd ask, what, are you open to people reaching out to learn more of about course. this protocol and perhaps... Uh, engage in a collaborative way.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we already have, there's already a couple of papers on the mouse model itself. Uh, the NOD data is, is new and that's something we've been developing. But the mouse model and or uh, the, within the context of uh, type 1 diabetes, I mean, but it could be in anything else or with any kind of pharmaceutical treatment is something that we would be very happy to work with, with other people.
0: Okay. Kudos to the Elizabeth Weiser, Weiser-Caswell Diabetes Institute. University of Michigan has a lot of interesting things going on, and this is one of them. Thanks again for talking to us.